Rosalind deserved to die. By the way. Rosalind oh, did literally nothing wrong in her whole life. Look, the problem, the problem with her dying was that in the main story, we met her three times. First time, she was evil. Second time, she was still kind of evil. And then the third time, she died. And so, like, it's hard to feel bad for her not knowing much about her. But, like, when you look at her backstory, it's like, oh, this is sad. Yeah. But, like, we didn't know that if you're following the main story. We didn't know how sad it was. So it was really, really weird. I actually had this conversation, like, yesterday. And I, that's how she I She went too far. It's our job she to did. educate ourselves. And trust me, listen, I'm maybe a little biased, you know, being a Conrean and all, but... Uh, please point at the timeline <laughs> where she did any wrong kicking a derelict god in the nuts like whoa, whoa what has venti, venti done for anybody <gasps> venti freed vanessa and all of her people yeah after like they got enslaved yeah and he freed them he woke up he eventually got sober enough to do it and figure it out <laughs> no he did that drunk for sure 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. no no he just saw like a shindig going on in the square he's like oh i'm gonna go do my thing. I'm gonna go More eat an apples. apple. Yeah, an apple. <laughs> Listen, love the guy. Great to party with. Um, just like every other archon, kind of did just jack for his country. Yeah, all True. of them have done True. nothing. He abandoned his dragon son, and he fell in line with a bad crowd and started doing drugs. And that's just <laughs> boggles the mind. He's trying to keep it IRL for everybody. He is. He keeps it real. <laughs> real absentee dad. <laughs> relatable right come that's, on that, that's not nothing <laughs> i think where rosalind went wrong was just yeah <laughs> leaving 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 sumero she was didn't her, was her, she didn't was her go wrong mistake. she never went wrong <laughs> falling in oh, love yeah, was her I, well, mistake mm. let's be real she fell in love and then had her villain horror story come true so yeah, Ugh, men are the worst. Mm. <laughs> True. Oh my god, I just I just saw the Barbie mo- Barbie movies, so you know the Barbie movie. So yeah, I I know men are the worst. I, I just this. you put Don't your worry, faith you in a wolf enough. knight, and then he goes and dies, and you're like, uh, no one's doing anything about the monsters and stuff. So you know, you bring in, you use all your knowledge, all your expertise to become this crimson witch, and everyone just like witch shames you and drives you out of town. I mean, like, God forbid women do anything, right? And then she needed a man oh, to man. come save her in the end. Freaking, what's his name, came and gave her the cryo delusion to save her. Like, she didn't even get exactly. to have her moment. And she became the queen of Icy Hot. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> whenever the churls whenever the churls get into weeklies we fight senora we chant icy hot icy <laughs> hot icy hot <laughs> you know what i have to say to that mm. yayika <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yayika yeah. i don't know that's the only that's the only hillichurlian i remember <laughs> i always thought it was pronounced yayika <laughs> oh yeah oh, dang it. i actually i like that yayika yeah I mean, we're speaking Charlie Charlian right now is the crazy thing. <laughs> you might not know it, but in the lore, if you do your research, you'll find out that Conria is America backwards. <laughs> oh, what? no. So we're actually all speaking the ancient language. What do you know? I'm proud of us. Oh, so, so we know how it's going to end for us then. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I mean, boy. okay. I'm all right with it. You're looking at a mirror of yourself. No wonder why I don't like years Kaya. In the future. <laughs> I can't say anything about that. I'll get canceled. <gasps> they will I, shut us down and throw us off the chamber balcony. You don't like Kaya? 
I advise you to talk to my lawyer Yanfei about anything oh. further regarding the matter. Oh no! Okay, I have to meet up with. To her be later. fair, to be fair, I'm open-minded. I have not done his hangout yet, and oh. I love his drip. Okay, can I? His new drip is excellent. Listen, I was a number one Kaya hater to the point where there was a Genshin zine that reached out to me on Twitter and said, "Hey, we would love to collaborate to like promote our zine on your show," and I said oh cool like what's the zine about because like you know like i don't know if you guys like follow any genshin zines but oh yeah, yeah they do like they always have like some like uh like convoluted like title that like it, it you'd have to like be obsessed with the character to like get it right off the bat without seeing like any mm-hmm. images and they're like oh it's a it's a kaya zine and i was just like uh, no oh <laughs> <gasps> uh, no. yeah i did uh, uh now they should have come to tales of like, <laughs> Thank you yeah. for the opportunity. Um, I will be leaving. Uh, so, <laughs> so I did Kaya's hangout, and now I'm building Kaya because he is, he's a nice boy. Kaya Good. is one of my favorite characters, and he is a main character in my fan fiction. So, I, I love that for you. I love that for you all. <laughs> Listen, Good live, luck live with your that. truth. There's a Blorbo for everyone in this game, and that's on purpose. Beefy, Be- Beefy's like as a kind man. <laughs> Beefy, I think your your opinions will change when you do that. I'm hangout. open to it. I'm absolutely open. You to are it. going to see a different side of Kaya that you have not seen yet. We'll you know what? Maybe waiting. I'm just a little salty that he got to stay tall, <laughs> and I'm out here like bringing booster seats to my desk. There are a lot of questions about that, though. How did he get that lucky? Yeah, how did he stay tall? Mm. These are these are the questions. Uh, nobility, sus. privilege. <laughs> privilege. True. <laughs> he lost an eye over it. I lost my face. Yeah. I don't know what's under here. <laughs> I love Beefy's can- Hilatrol cannon like life. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the the method acting. <laughs> so Beefy, how did you know. get your your electro powers, huh? Well, I was actually born into one of those electro churl tribes. You mm-hmm. know, uh, we were just bumming around in the UA. Uh, funny story, that's actually how I ended up here in the Jade Chamber's basement. It was kind of a mess. Oh, wow. Uh, so one day my dad has this idea that he's going to teach me how to hunt. And I'm like, Dad, I am so freaking bad with a bow. Like, this is not going to go well. I guarantee it with you. And he's like, you know, oh, no, Beefy, you got to get meat for the tribe. And all your brothers are out doing some BS. And so you got to come with me. Throwing slimes. Um, yeah, yeah, I, that's what I, I'm a slime thrower by trade. I'm like, dude, don't make me use the bow. But, you know, he's he's the Lawa Churl of our tribe, so we got to do what yeah. he says. And mm-hmm. he's like, New all tasks. right, hit that boar 20 feet away. Don't, you know, do anything like flail wildly and hit that pyro slime that's like Dad. 50 feet away. And I'm like, but Dad. bet. <laughs> uh, so one <laughs> overload later, I'm wiping my face off the uh, deck of the Jade Chamber going, I told you. I told you, Dad. I get mail from him sometimes. He's doing fine. Mail? Um, <laughs> Once a month on his birthday? Like, it's like carved sticks. His birthday's every month? <laughs> wait, wait, what? But, you know, it's I wasn't cut out to be an archer. I was cut out to have long, in-depth, meaningless conversations about a live service gotcha game. Yeah. So I'm really living my dream. Same. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny whenever we don't we don't oh we should have established this rule as well. Are we are we cursing on this show? I think we decided that um, we were uh, going to 
but I'm not sure. I'm tr- I'm trying uh, to. I might have blown I, it. I give you no, full you didn't. Uh, license I, to bleep. Um, uh, okay, yeah, you didn't. But like, I, I will you. say that my 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 podcast is uh pretty family friendly. Yeah, so okay. is mine. I I would appreciate. I it actually inject a hillatrol yaw over whoever curses. So that is oh, so that's cute. So, that's so yeah. good. Beefy <laughs> and I just aren't heard oh, the entire great. time. <laughs> Go and edit that, then that's fine. But like, oh god, please don't uh, don't make me. <laughs> Don't give him more work. I will have yeah. to sit here with yeah. my phone. Okay. Yep. 16 minutes in. 16, 30. Uh, yep. 18. Um, minutes. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That'll be the whole episode. Do you yeah. don't yeah. hear some of us at all? <laughs> yeah. I promise I'm not going to do my Eminem impression and just have you like speed censor no. a bunch of. Now listen, stuff. if it slips like a one or two, like I'm okay with like, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Palms are sweaty. Knees weak. Yeah. It's ready. <laughs> <laughs> Vomit on the sweater already. Yeah. Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Yeah. I'm good. I'm with Beefy. I'm doing my best. <laughs> you guys are probably wondering what is happening. Why has the, my my regular weekly or seasonal podcast released this weird episode with three different people that I haven't heard of before, or maybe you have? I don't know. I know some of my listeners listen to you guys, but basically, we are hosts. At least one of us are <laughs> hosts of a Genshin Impact podcast, and I think, I think. My show, I'm I'm Dalton. I am the host of The Resonance, which is a weekly Genshin Impact podcast. And I think uh, my show is probably closer to Genshin guys. But basically, on my podcast, we you know re- we review news, uh, talk about everything that's happening uh, in the world of Tavat, uh, and give our thoughts on everything. Like we just recently did the 4.0 live stream breakdown, um, which is huge, and we're going to be talking about that. Uh, but before we get into that, I do want to introduce. Uh, my other co-host for this podcast, uh, we're going to start with Troman Beefy, who is the host of the Shade Chamber Agenshin podcast. Hello, I'm your Osmanthus wine aunt, Beefy. Thank you so much for having me here, Dalton, as a delegate of the Shade Chamber Churlman of the board. I'm one of five hilly churls who lives in Ningguang's basement, and uh, whenever the fancy strikes us, we make a podcast about Genshin. So... Back in Conria, when we were still human, many of us worked in the game industry. Uh, we have AAA and indie experience and have also just kind of trickled down into other aspects of the entertainment industry, of of looking at the pop and fan cultures that surround games. And in those areas, Genshin is doing some really weird stuff that we've never seen before. And there just weren't that many people talking about it on that level. And so that's what we try to bring to the selection of Genshin podcasts. Can you give us an example of like one thing just to like give other listeners who haven't listened to your show yet? Yeah. So we just finished up a uh, yeah, we just finished up a two part collab with Chill with Aster and talking about how game designers put mechanics into the game that fosters player retention it's what keeps you coming back and how those and how uh how you can combine writing a character writing character art and certain expectations around character fandom to make your characters marketable we really break down like what makes a genshin gacha character a sellable product and look at the history of gaming and otaku culture that leads to that point and uh but we're also just as happy to enjoy the game as fans on, on that kind of level, too. We're really bad at lore, but we do love it. <laughs> um, 
So you mentioned that um, the Resonance and Genshin guys, you guys are like the news podcasts. And this is going to sound like an excuse for our terrible release schedule, but we like to think of ourselves as the closers. We like to like really deep and dive in deep to like this phase of Genshin, really have a curated discussion about it and produce uh, like a meaningful milestone for people who want to look back at Genshin's life is the thing about live service games is they're here and they seem ubiquitous and then they're done and you forget how they've changed and how they've grown and how they've changed the industry and the culture around them. And so that's what we want to chronicle in the shade chamber. We also throw a lot of shade hence the name. I like it. I like it. Uh, Josh is also with us. He is the host or one of the hosts of the Genshin guys podcast. How are you, Josh? Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Josh, also known as J-Side. Uh, I am a voice actor, Twitch streamer, and I do host um, with my co-host Kahi the Genshin Guys podcast. So um, I also um, actually co-host another podcast called Coffee and Culture. And, um, where oh, right we on. Interview... Yeah, those guys are great. Yeah, yeah. And we interview like uh, other content creators. Like we've interviewed, like I've interviewed Ashikai, uh, Tevat Historia, um, last week. Uh, actually, a couple days ago, I interviewed uh, Subutai, the guy that makes the uh, cinematic Genshin, like, what if Genshin were a movie trailer sort of, mm. like, oh, really cool awesome. videos. Yeah, he's really great. He's all the way in the UK, but, like, we do collabs with those kind of people. But on the Genshin Guys podcast, which is my main podcast, the one that I produce and write, um, we are family-friendly, and we, we talk about kind of everything in Genshin. It kind of depends on what's happening, but we do we do news every week. We talk about our weeks and our experience with Genshin. But one thing I like to do is make, like, interactive content. So we will do, like, quizzes and, like, lore quizzes. Or, like, I'll play a bunch of voice lines. Uh, I'll play voice lines from a character in each of the four languages, like English, Japanese, Chinese, and Korean. And then people will guess, uh, like, you know, like, who who has this, like, vibe? Like, can you tell who the character is um, even though you cannot understand their language? And so stuff like that, like, fun fun interactive stuff where, like, you can you can come in uh, and hang out with us and guess with us. Like I'll quiz my co-host, my co-host will quiz me, and at the end you guys can see how much you got you get right. But um, but then I'll extend a lot of that stuff, interactive stuff, to Twitch as well. So that is uh, really fun. But yeah, we pretty much uh, talk about anything and everything Genshin, and we also release weekly. So thanks for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. So you will play the actual voice lines like in the show. Yeah, that's awesome, because the closest thing that we do is we'll read reviews in characters' voices, and it is blasphemy. <laughs> it is That it sounds is, so great. It is terrible for, for us, and I guess people <laughs> like it, but but yeah, it's really bad. Like, don't ask me to do but another clean voice, I swear. Please. <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> write awesome. my review right now. Oh, God. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, what are podcasters but cringe by proxy? People sure. love us to take the heat for them. Someone made us rap in Hu Tao's voice, a rap that they made. Oh my that. god, that's amazing. amazing. That's sick. <laughs> yeah. Fiends is also with us. She is from the Tales of Tavat podcast. How are you, Fiends? Good. Thank you so much for having us all together. Um, I'm Fiends or Amanda, and I'm one-fourth of Tales of Tavat, and we are a Genshin lore podcast. So we release weekly, and every week we take a deep dive into a different topic, whether that be a character, a place, a storyline, or an event. Recently, we went through the entire Suspedo event, so no one has to necessarily sit down and watch it. Mm. But we've done... Uh, Among yeah. Us. Nice. <laughs> I missed that event. Yeah. 
Oh my god, it was the I'm a big Albedo stan, so it was a very important event in my life, my entire life. <laughs> but <laughs> he rules. Albedo's great and Koi Dao is a treasure. Oh my god, I Koi oh, I is a Koi national Dao. treasure. Like he needs to be protected at all costs. <laughs> he is a meme fiend. <laughs> yes. And a high oh zone Nic- lover. Nicholas Cage comes in and steals him. That is no, I, would, I would fight Nick Cage so quick. <laughs> no, but Dude. then they team up. But yeah, we do every week a different topic. So we've done actually an episode about Kaya Alvarez. We've done one about Deluxe, Suspedo event, Dragonspine. So we take a deep dive. And like I said, I'm one of four hosts and everyone kind of has their niche and what they really enjoy. And we bring that to the table and we try to get as much of the lore out as we can. Although sometimes we get stuck on topics like how much I love Albedo. So it happens. What is one piece of information that somebody probably doesn't know about Dragonspine? Not to put you on the spot. No, no. Well, Dragonspine used to be green. It's actually originally the ancient kingdom nation, whatever you want to call it, of Salvinier. And Salvinier was actually a beautiful, prosperous place where people escaped uh, Decoravian, Carbian, however you want to say it. And they were trying to live their best life out there. And they had this terrible prophecy come down where there was a priestess who lived there. And she could see the future and she would make these beautiful like drawings uh, on the wall and they would tell the future of what was going to happen. So she saw their downfall coming before the sky nail came. The nail. (laughs) Don't get nailed. I know. Everywhere. Nailed nailed it. (laughs) Nailed. Oh boy. Here we go. The dad, the dad jokes are coming right now. Oh, no end in sight. My co-host Wander, his favorite ancient civilization, solving Dagnir. It's amazing. And there's so much still to learn about it. Like, where did they all go? I know most of them died. You know, there's a few of them somewhere. Oh. Still living to this day. So we did a bonus episode where, like, we covered lore, and then I would quiz my other co-host on, like, on the episode. And it's so funny, because, like, he would do terrible, like, right after we got (laughs) done talking about it. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, my God. Uh, and I, I like how much were you paying attention? Right? Basically, yeah. And uh, and the one thing that I never even like put together is that huge like cryo uh churl mm-hmm. that's like right by the tree. Oh, the named one. Yeah, he like that was actually a person in the lore that we covered, and I didn't even like put two and two together. I can't remember the its name, uh, but it's someone like in the lore of the actual story of Dragon Spine. I believe it's Uko. Yes, Uko. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was, like, wild, and I didn't even know that. Like, I went to Dragonspine that day, and I was, like, walking around reading stuff, and then I was looking stuff up on the wiki. <laughs> you were, like, you were like dot, dot, dash, dot, dash, dot, dash. Reading stuff in Dragonspine, like, dot, dot, dash, yep. dot, dash. And that's, like, the thing about Genshin, is they leave breadcrumbs everywhere. Like, they are the Hansel and Gretel of video games. And mm-hmm. you can find <laughs> so much hidden lore by reading, and no one wants to read. I'll admit it. I don't want to read no all the artifacts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one can really read it, and everyone gets too excited. So if you actually take that deep dive, you realize how much time and effort they've put into developing the lore and the game and putting those little breadcrumbs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredible, right? Because you have the story, which is like what the narrative that we experience, but then you have the lore like about the world in which it's happening and like all those books and things and you know, like even the little details like, after the Sumeru Archon quest, where everything changed um, regarding uh, lesser Lord, or greater Lord of Nevada, like 
the book's changing too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's something yeah, that you don't crazy. know unless you're paying attention mm-hmm. to the lore and the things that provide lore information in the world. And they just do they just do it so well. Have right, any honestly. of you guys played the Souls games or the Soulsborn like genre of games? They were kind of the ones to like really bring that philosophy of storytelling where it's like we're gonna hide little nuggets of intrigue in item descriptions, in the way we place items in the overworld relative to different things in the environment. And and Genshin, like, well, the Souls games, obviously, that led to an explosion of lore hounds who just absolutely love digging up this content. Genshin took that format, and then it adds to it every five weeks. Yep. It's like popcorn. It's crazy. It's it's so interesting. You're you're right, because if you you play Dark Souls or any of those games, and you don't look at the lore, you literally have no idea what's going on. Like, you're (laughs) just just fighting boss after boss after boss, and it's like, who are you people? Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, you didn't read the flavor text on this hat, so you don't know who the real Elden Lord is, you know? (laughs) Wasn't Elden Ring, like, based off of a anime or a manga? No, no, it's original, and it was like actually partially written with uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, I think. No, no, George R.R. Martin, yeah. George R.R. Martin, yeah, yeah. I always make yeah, but it has heavy influence from, uh, oh, what's it called? Berserk. Berserk, Berserk is yes. like the yeah. big. It's not Wait, based really? on yeah. that, but there are that. Berserk nods like mm-hmm. all throughout the Souls trilogy. Yeah. That was oh. um the director Miyazaki. That was like his favorite manga growing up. That manga no. is dark. It is. <laughs> it's it's dark, dark, but it's gorgeous. Like yeah. It is, it is, it is. And I think they They'll actually have a sword have in the game. In it. They have a sword from yeah. the game in there, too. So, funny story. Um, uh, the director of the Souls series, Hidetaka Miyazaki, his favorite stuff growing up was Berserk, but also reading Western fantasy novels that were translated <laughs> into, uh, into Japanese. Mm. But he, as a kid, and also the way they were translated it kind of left a lot of stuff out, and he didn't quite understand what was going on. So... But this idea of Western fantasies being vague and cryptic and not having like a through story was an influence on him uh, and how, so the way he tells the lore in the Souls games. That is so funny. I love those like translation based like stories. Those are great. Yeah, it's like it's not just the story. It's the way he experienced it. This janky right. Japanese translation. No, I think he just ignored it and he fell back on like the vibes that he had reading it like as a as a kid. He's like. Okay, like I don't need to understand it. It's more fun when we make this uh, kind of a yeah. mystery. He's like, actually, he's like, actually, I enjoyed it when I didn't know what was going on. That, that's like, <laughs> like that to be fair, thing. that's everything in life, right? Like everything exactly. when you were a kid, you enjoyed oh. it like so much more. Yeah, there's an art to leaving things just vague enough where people start guessing, but not mm-hmm. so vague that they get frustrated and give up. And Genshin and and the Dark Souls series hit that like perfectly. Yeah, they fall right the into that pocket. Top. Mm-hmm. Two games, normal people or normal players of each probably wouldn't think like had that much of like a connection. Yeah, definitely. They love Dark Souls and Genshin. Remember that um, that Enkanomiya event that had that instanced Enkanomiya with the big knights and stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so much Dark Souls. <laughs> Genshin when... wears its inspirations on its sleeve, which is kind of insane, but also really fun. Um, you know what also does that? Destiny Two, because my podcast yeah. co-host, he will like he plays Destiny Two, like De- Genshin and Destiny Two are like his two games, and so like every other week or every week or every time we're talking about a new event, he'll be like, you know, it's actually funny because Destiny's also doing this thing, and there's this like there's this he has this head cannon that the um 
like the 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 Hoyoverse people and the Destiny Two people, the Ideas people are just sitting at a table and they're just like, yeah, let's just do that this week, like because <laughs> he keeps finding these parallels and like I don't play the game, but I used to play it and mm-hmm. they're totally different games, like you know they're totally completely different in every way. Like it's a first person shooter MMO and you know then there's Genshin and it's like so funny that some of these games. They'll they'll take the inspiration and then they'll turn it into like their own thing that fits in their game. Yeah. Exactly. Is, just yeah. does what it does so well. Like people write what they know and they write what they love, and that's the same with game design as well. And so when these huge like you know cultural milestones hit, you know like your Ocarina, like your Ocarina of Time, Breath of the Wild, Elden Ring, uh, like everyone sits up and takes notice and gets a little bit of that inevitably in anything that they make, and it's always yeah. fun to kind of go back and and read the uh the inspirational kind of path uh genshin for instance is very not shy about telling you that they played near automata uh right down to the dash <laughs> animation your character does yeah. when they run and the yeah. fact that their weapons float on their back oh my god i love near automata it's it like is one my, of my top five games game. and so when they're like oh. did you know that the hilly trails are people i was like yeah because i played near and i know you did too <laughs> when's Emil gonna show up <laughs> give me my boy give me my baby oh my boy God. so i was the only one who was just completely caught off guard when i realized that they were actually people okay um... so is, so the thing i don't know you guys like uh especially because i would consider myself more of like a lore enjoyer slash enthusiast not so much a theorist um and i, I don't go deep deep dive but i go deep enough to like try to understand the meaning behind a lot right. of the things we see in game and so hilla churls like is it I, I I remember reading that it wasn't 100% confirmed, but were there Hillichurls already and the Kynrian people got turned into Hillichurls or are all Hillichurls Kynrian people? I think it's all Hillichurls are Kynrian from what I could tell. Cause it yeah, seems I think that... they're all Kynrian. And we're caught... The big boy was from Solving Dagnir. So, but so he could have been Hillichurl... from Kynrian, right? Well, the so the whole thing is like, if you were a pure blood Conrian, you got cursed with eternal life. That hence Clotar right. and everything like that. But if you weren't from Conria originally, you became a Hillitrol. So it would make sense if that uh, guy up on Dragonspine had actually run away to Conria, like when the oh. nation dissolved. Well, he ran so, in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, they just didn't know it. Because uh, they mentioned that when they were running out of the door or wherever they were going, because I can't believe that they just have one door to Conria. <laughs> oh, yeah, the the door, yeah, the, right? The, yeah. Like, do the ruin golems go through that door? Because they're pretty big. Like, where did they come from? They, so they turn into a, a Tony Stark stu- suitcase kind of a thing. Oh, my yeah. God. Sunglasses. Like, like, Ant-Man Crunch. runs away. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But they say that, like, people, when they went through these gates and they went through these doors, leaving Conria, were seeing themselves turning into monsters. And some of them chose to stay. So they were like, I'm not taking my chances and turning into a monster. I'm turning right back around into Conria. So I'd like to believe that no one had seen a Hillitrol before, at least based on the Conrian side of it. So there's people in Conria who are just, like, holed up in there? That's it. There might be, but they're fighting off those abyssal monsters that Gold, you know, called forward, and she's crazy, so I don't trust her. Oh God, gold. Are there yeah. hilly trails in Inconomia, though? So there must be, like, little leaks. Yeah. Little, little openings that uh, fill out into Conria. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, beyond, that, that, beyond that just the big capital that door. That the people kind of got around, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there was, like, a lot of Kynrian blood 
that diffused through the world and those people ended up turning into hillichurls at some point i think that you know one of my my co-host brandon always talks about the fact that there was this like unified kingdom that was around back during the time of conria or maybe right before conria and it was kind of like when the dragon sovereigns were first like defeated and the primordial one brought people here and blah 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 that major back lore but I would think a lot of these underground places are connected because in our Inconomia lore, we learned that Conria showed up looking for the Of Sun and Moon book when oh. they were trying to like prove whether or not the gods were real and everything like that. So I would like to believe that they're kind of all on the same level underground and that they have easy access to each other. So I think you're right. Like there might be another door or something near Inconomia that they kind of fled to. That checks out. I think we're all just a, a bunch of, of laureate farms. Oh, Enkonomia is like one of the darkest areas in Genshin I think I've ever like had to like read lore for. Oh, crazy! The Sun Children. Oh God! It, <laughs> like, I was what? just like, wait, this exists. How dare <laughs> someone say I'm playing it? a child's game? You'll notice that like the more of a tent pole, uh, like a piece of lore or a story is. Like, as you move away from, like, the Archon quest, the character quests, into world quests, into, like, specific area world quests, they get weirder. Because mm-hmm. I think, yeah. it's like, they have to be less controversial when they're the centerpiece of your update, their right. voice sure. and stuff. Right. But, like, the world update, like, people can just go nuts in there. We can have, like, the sun children and the, you know, <laughs> just the, the, story the crazy of human experience in Rue. Oh my God. Yeah, Kali's like, yeah. entire story. Like, so I think. Okay, so I don't know if this is like a good segue or whatever, but like on the topic of Kali's like backstory and everything, and I'm sure I'm not the only one here who has been like screaming at the game when they when they bring her like in Mondstadt or bring her and Amber together and they don't like even touch on like a fragment of what she's been through. But I know that they've been. They've mentioned, Hoyoverse at least, has mentioned that they're going to somehow bring back or they're working on bringing back um, events that were playable so that people can experience them. Right. And so I thought that since, you know, the Traveler is someone who's experienced all these things pretty much, that they do like Animal Crossing where like you could go to a bed and go to sleep and then like you'd have a menu where you would like basically dream that event. Yeah, I mean, there, there's different, definitely different ways they can implement sure. it, but it would just be nice for them to implement it. But man. They're going to have to because they keep putting lore in limited time events that go right. away. Yeah. I mean, Albedo. Like, yeah, literally, Albedo's entire story. No, that's not the biggest, no, yeah, his, not the biggest case. The biggest case is Scaramouche. Oh, yeah, the no, very I don't first I don't, event. I don't, I don't think that much because, like, the thing is, like, imagine it like this. Um, We got, like, a tiny preview of, like, Scaramouche, who he is and, like, what his character is kind of about. Uh, only a little bit like it was very tiny and then he shows up in the archon quest and then we like learn everything about him but then like if albedo was to show up in the archon quest and just imply everything that happened in his events and the, like <laughs> to a player who didn't play that event it would literally make no sense like you don't need to have played 1.1 to like appreciate scaramouche's uh as a character as he goes throughout the story but like with albedo they'd have to either tell you it all again or they'd have to like um that make you basically let you replay it or something yeah. because you get that pop it was up. so much story. That's super fair. Uh, yeah, here's Albedo. The one he's, little pop up. He's super yeah. important for the late game plot. And, he gets uh, like blah, eight blah, 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 pop blah. ups. 
But I think yeah, 1. you, you 1, have to tab through them one tab by one. Them. I think that 1.1 is important just story wise because that's when you learn that the sky isn't real. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's definitely an important event yeah. overall. But I think for for Scaramouche specifically, yeah, it's not like, the most for him. It, it's not the most for his character development, but it is important for him that in that he knows that the sky is fake and that he was on to it and that he's like a agent of chaos and like all this stuff like that part is really important but what i think is interesting too though is that like in the one event because i didn't play back then but in the one event i remember Mm -hmm. watching a video of skarmouche like rolling up onto the traveler for the very first time yeah and mona sees him and instantly like a like the switch is flipped and she instantly like teleports them like away right. she's and screaming like, bad yep. vibes yeah. yeah yeah he was he was Insta literally about to murder check. the traveler <laughs> insta fail yeah so. where's your capacha uh <laughs> verification skarmouche oh and fischl's also introduced in that event initially too and fischl while not my favorite character is one of the most ridiculous characters in the whole game she makes me I laugh so much. Another character I used to hate. My queen of cringe. She's yeah. literally like a theater kid who didn't she have to is grow up. Such a theater kid. Oh my god. <laughs> oh wait. We didn't we didn't even talk about when we did introductions who's everybody's favorite character was. Oh, oh. yeah, let's go. Yoimiya. Alright, why though? Why? Like <laughs> I mean, we all know why. She's the only one who cares. Okay, <laughs> that's not true. That's not She's true. She's the only one who cares. Look, look. look how yes. many? How many no. characters have asked you, "Hey, how's your journey going? Oh, you met your sibling. I hope you, uh, you know, I hope you it's figure true. that out." No, no, no one. No, no there is. There is their own problem. Mia is wife material. What Albedo? I mean, Albedo knows that we're not. I don't know if he cares. To be honest. <laughs> there are other characters though that have asked us about our sibling or how our journey is going, finding our sibling. Uh. Oh, like who? Off the top of my head, I don't know their names. Uh, Ningguang asks you about your sibling only if you're playing the guy, because you you told her that you have a sister, and okay. that's just because she's gay. Yeah, tr- oh, true, very true. That's so good. If you're Ether and her birthday present to you is like, you know, here's here's some silks for you to make an outfit for yourself. Here's another bolt of silks for you to make some for your sister when she gets back. If you're Lumine. She just gives you the silk for you. She's oh like, my god! And you're like, I have a brother born on the same day, and she's like, who? I mean, what I the guess. Heck? I feel like, <laughs> what a weird I feel thing. Like Sino. Sino cares. I, yeah, I was going to say, Sino's boy. definitely asked us how we are. He cares. Yeah, so he can make a pun and dunk on us. I know, literally. It still counts. It still counts. <laughs> but Yui Mia does care. She is a sunshine in a pool of scariness in, in, in Inazuma. Yeah. She is a perfect, sweet, wonderful girl. And speaking of a pull of darkness, my favorite character is, of course, Mom Kaya. of the Year and Big Purple Disaster, Raiden A. Oh. <laughs> the literal opposite of wife material and someone that you should just kind of stay 400 miles away from at any given time. No. She needs therapy. She needs a she slap needs a in the lot. face and a hug. She, she, she needs dongos. That's what she needs. Yeah, it can do it all. She can do war crimes. She can eat sweets. She can fail at being a mom twice. Um. Anyway, I love her so much. I think I'm really biased because, like, look, I've been a weeb for a long time, and I think I've waited for like (laughs) such a crunchy female character to just pull a sword out of her chest. I mean, yeah, there's booba sword. I mean, sure, on that level, amazing, flawless. 
<laughs> but like <laughs> how rare it has been to have like anime-esque media where we get this multifaceted female character like this like she is she's so strong and hot and majestic but she's also a complete mess and just a an absolute disaster and totally tragic her high highs and low lows just combine to make her this wonderfully complex mess of a god and i love her so much also i did a video that theorized her true form is a shoe yokai you can check that out on our youtube a shoe yokai i i like that take i like it because what is lightning but a chonkla from heaven mm. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, what what language do you guys play the game in uh english like uh like uh like the voices english english uh i dip into all, all of them sometimes because i get bored with the overworld quotes right, right. all the dubs yeah. are great because uh, um, Raiden's voice actress is my favorite female Japanese voice actress. Mm. So, oh, like, really? I have yeah. this like huge like bias to just use her as much as possible and to listen to every one of her voice lines. Oh, is that so... Miyuki Sawashiro? Yes. Yeah, oh, no doubt. God. She's a queen. I just like I don't like I don't like the different tone reads between A and the Shogun. Like Ooh. I like the oh, ones oh, yeah. where it's more of the tone than a different character voice. Yeah. But yeah. like mm-hmm. you know. She does great for that like style of of character. I play English yeah, English just, like... just so I can like do other things while I autoplay cutscenes sometimes. <gasps> right. I mean, so like I'll do that too mm-hmm. if I want to just like um have it on in the background cuz I'm actually I have, I play mainly Asia account so I'm I'm playing through it on NA also and so I'll, because I play through it in Japanese, I'm playing through it in English also to learn the voice actors on mm-hmm. my NA account. Mm. So, How do you like getting so... those version updates like 11 hours ahead of NA? Oh, I mean that's fun. Like, um, <laughs> it only applies. It only applies to like the mid uh, mid patch update because oh. like mm. if it like the the actual big like four will drop at the same time for everybody. Yeah, that makes sense. But like, but like the the banner switch will happen earlier on the Asia server. Um, oh. so what's so it called? Um, oh, and so yeah, uh, well, basically another <laughs> test subject. Another test. Subject. Another test subject. <laughs> <laughs> um what is it uh so mine's yoimiya beefy's is raiden a and what are, what are your guys Fiend, go ahead uh well my favorite character is albedo but i also very much feel oh, right. like kinning for tingyari so it's between oh. them i love both kinning. of them i know the first time i said that to my friend she was like what's that i just took the kin quiz like just before <gasps> this podcast and i got kazuha Aww, I think it's pretty accurate. I love that. Personality quest. Uh, personality quiz. You thing. have to send that oh, to Oh, those us. are fun. I want to mm-hmm. take that. Has anyone else done? Oh, okay. You haven't done like the personality quiz? No, I haven't either. Not yet. Oh, I'll send you this specific one. They worked really hard on it, they said. Oh, they said. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun to compare notes. What about you, Dalton? Real quick. Tignari has one of my favorite voice lines ever, and it's when he's in the desert. Oh, even oh, a mist flower would melt in this heat. Oh, well, maybe it wouldn't, but you know what I mean. Yeah, so good. <laughs> yeah, that one. Oh, He's uh, so I like, upset. I like, I like. Uh, they're sand in my shoes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll hide them. <laughs> he hates it, dude. Everyone in Sumeru has the attitude of someone who works a customer-facing job and is just so tired of everyone and everything. And I'm Except like, for Nilu. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, Neelu's liberal arts. She's just doing her she's vibing. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else is just like, oh my god. <laughs> I cannot take people anymore. My favorite character 
is I feel so like weird saying it now because of how popular he's gotten, but Sino. Uh, this is oh, so good. No, no, he's That's fantastic. Like, this is back when like they released that trailer and they showed like a couple characters from each nation. I say mm-hmm. a couple, but yeah. like in mm-hmm. reality, no, it was only yeah. one. But Fontaine was the only outlier the in twins. that because yeah, because of Linny and Lynette. So, uh, but yeah, once I saw uh, Sino in that trailer, I was just like, he looks cool, Anubis mask wearing cool boy. I want him. And oh yeah, we like I went through the game I, honestly and like. I don't even know if I said this before, but I didn't like Genshin when I first played it, and I just, like, quit it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Then, oh. Yeah, and then I came Big. back. I came back, and... Uh, they always come back. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and playing through, I was just like, that. that is the character I want. Like, I'm... Like, I thought I would wail on that character, and then I realized, like, actually, like, that was probably when I first started playing, and I was like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. I can't wail, because I'm poor. So... <laughs> I dolphin. Ah, uh, yes, the truth. Yeah, I, it always hurts. Day. I dolphined on Sino, and like he, like I don't know. Even like in every single cinematic, like I just love his his look. His animations are great. Yeah, um, yeah. I was just, a, a character I was super excited for. Um, but yeah, really like Sino. Did He's you? he has such a great personality too. Oh, I, yeah, like, and they've highlighted it so much recently, like, with yeah. the wind bloom and everything. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, like, personally, I usually go for, like, tan-skinned white hair characters. Like, so those good. are just the sure. kind of characters that, uh, uh, I'm, like, super always interested to see what they're about. So, Gabi Morrow. Um, so, uh, Scar from, uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Yep. So, um, what's it called? And so, so I love Dia also, but she doesn't have white hair. But, yes. um, so Sino, I saw Sino and I thought the exact same thing. I was like, this character, I love this character. I can't wait till this character comes out. And then he was a teen male model. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> if he was, if he was the tall one, the uh, tall model. I, and it's like a weird, it's like a weird, like psychological, like I didn't do it on purpose. Like I love Sino. He's still like in the, in my top characters, but like. I feel like if he was a tall male model, I would have like dedicated my account to him. Like totally that's just it. like mm-hmm. a weird thing. They go out yeah. of their way in his trailer too to be like, "Oh, he's just a kid." Like when he shows up in the trailer for the first time, when the academia scholars like hiding from him, so they really want mm-hmm. you to be like that. He's young, which is yeah. interesting too. Y- because... Young and scary, and it's interesting because he's actually one of the first characters you see outside of Monstat because he's in the manga. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep your idea of what Sumeru is going to be going right into the game. Right off the bat. Yeah. I was yeah. like, that's going to be a scary place. And it oh, is, man. because it's full of student loans. <laughs> <laughs> student loans and Yu-Gi-Oh. Sumeru's America. Oh my God. <laughs> and Yu-Gi-Oh. Student and Yu-Gi-Oh. And Yu-Gi-Oh. Dude, we, we did a whole episode about breaking down how Sumeru City is actually a cyberpunk college town where, like, Everyone's staying up trying to get their essays done. They're playing Yu-Gi-Oh when they should be sleeping. They're pounding coffee. Like they're <laughs> falling into weird little student clubs and getting brainwashed and stuff. They're butting heads with the faculty. And they're <laughs> and locking their god in a dungeon. They're yeah, locking their god in the dungeon. They're on the internet all day. Layla's like, climbing this walls. Was me. I did this. <laughs> did you do you guys know the Yu-Gi-Oh theme song in English? Like the like I, I imagine, like it's time to default on our student loans. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh my God! They have student loans in Yu-Gi-Oh. Sumeru, boom, in a box. Mm-hmm. I love it. 
Oh god, do you think they send Sino after kids who default on their student loans? Definitely. Oh my god. That would be they so definitely do. Oh, That's that why he so was messed researching to He's like, I'll give you a chance to, for me to not kill you with a duel. <laughs> yes. He has to play, they have to play for their lives. Oh, oh my god. Sino the cringe dad. Embarrassing Literally. his family. Catching <laughs> perps. Everywhere. Yeah, because there's that one girl who works at the restaurant and she's like, I'm doing this to pay my tuition. And I'm also a full-time student. I'm just like, oh no. Like, relatable content. I remember those right. days. <laughs> Next you're gonna tell me about how hard it is to find parking. It's like I thought it's like I thought it was based around like areas in the Middle East, but it turns out there's a little bit of America in there too. <laughs> yeah. It's like they took it straight out of my life. Oh no. I'm like, I'm in this picture, I don't like it. <laughs> this is this is just a breakfast burrito away from being my college life. <laughs> Instead, you get pita pockets. I mean, they have pita pockets. Yep. The pita most pockets. college kid thing is when college drops their pita pockets on the floor and it's like, well, they're still wrapped. I'll get them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so real. What the hell? Five second rule. I love Kale, by the way. Like- Kale is such a good, sweet girl. Living her best life after living her worst life. I really hope, though, Dalton, you were talking earlier about how, like, they kind of dropped, like, the dark side of her story. And I, I really hope they bring that back and they come into that more. Especially, you got to assume that Dodore is going to come back. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't forget that Sucrose has her breath in a bottle. I know. That's no, we a can forget creepy, about that. And sometimes I think that that's Dodore and not Sucrose with her breath in oh, a don't bottle. Don't say that. No, because <laughs> they had such a wonderful scene together. I don't want that to be invalidated. But after that, Dottore murdered her and then took her place. <gasps> that's exactly what happened. No, that's I think. the only reason why I like Sucrose. Because she's good friends with Kale. Because Kale-A. she's Dottore? No. Oh, she's oh God. No. <laughs> well, we'll work on that theory. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> me and the Churls have this idea that, like, we're going to do a double track around Tivat. Like, all of these regions have kind of hanging story stuff that has to still be resolved. And mm-hmm. we're hoping that the next go around is going to be darker. Um, yeah, you know, in Inazuma, they're not at peace. That's a ceasefire, and they keep reminding you of that. And it's, it's still kind of chafingly bad for the Watatsumi people. Yeah, Kakomi uh, during the TCG event was very like not happy. Like she seemed mm-hmm. very oh, down yeah, sure. and not okay. Like I'm just playing cards to make peace, and I was like, wait, you're playing cards to make peace? I think some other things have to happen here. Listen, oh, she got her strategy like from reading line. light novels. So, you know, <laughs> so true. Kokomi pool chair general Sangonomiya. Then like Leeway is still has no god. And like the whole thing about Celestia, right, is that they enforce this Archon system. And that's how they kind of keep the the uh, surface civilizations of Tevat in check. So it is really weird that they've just kind of like let Zhongli have his sweet 16 funeral. And then like no one has stepped up to you know, they haven't put in, like, a new middle manager. Well, I think, like, the Hida suggests, I think that Celestia is asleep. I think that those gods are resting after whatever they did to Conria. They just haven't had something bad enough happen to wake them up and sky nail everything yet. They're waiting. They got that nail gun poised. And, yeah, uh, literally. And for Mondstadt, um, Albedo still needs to destroy it. And no, that's gonna no. be fun. He's gonna. He's gotta deliver. So he Spado. promised. No, he promised. No. He promised. He said that he would try to destroy Bonstat, and I'm like, do it. So on the topic of of the next part of the story getting darker, 
How do you think everything in Fontaine's going to roll out? I actually think Fontaine's going to be the most clown shoes region. I think it is going to be super wacky. Yeah, especially with really? those different energy systems they have going on. I think there's... Th- oh, you mean, yeah, with the arc energy? Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Arc. The there's a... The there's a lot of expectations when you make a region based on France, because France is just has the stacks of tropes associated with it. And it's almost kind of like, when you know France is coming up, you're going to have a good time, right? That's what they did in uh, Dragon Age Inquisition with Orlais. That's what they did with the DLC, the Blood and Wine expansion for The Witcher. It's like, oh man, it's France. It's going to have French stuff. It's going to have French people who are very extra. It's going to have all baguettes. these like cultural illusions. It's going to have baguettes. Have baguettes. Dude, we <laughs> better get a joke weapon that's just a baguette. We, we better. Uh, yeah. Oh, my. We have we a have fish. A fish we, oh, yeah. we have to. Yeah, we have to put the fish in some bread. It's very plausible. Mm-hmm. Oyo does not yeah. understand the assignment if they don't give us a baguette. Or, or they just want to troll us that hard. They could do it. Yeah. I have faith in them. Oh, every day. It's like that. <laughs> so I'm under the imp- I'm under the impression that when we get to Fontaine, obviously we are the one. Like this is our this is our trial, right? Mm. Like oh yeah, we are being judged. We're gonna become basically the number one enemy again for the fourth time. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like we're gonna be framed maybe too for this. Mr. Worldwide child. Yes, sorry. Got <laughs> is this me reaching too far because this is kind of what i preach on my show at least that the the archons don't want to be under celestia yeah right right I agree. so they're over it yeah and it. i feel like they they each find their own like loophole almost to get rid of their gnosis mm-hmm. right like uh, a big fan like a big fan theory of ours is that you know venti Venti gave it up. Oh, one hundred percent. Oh, I got kicked on the ground. Don't take it, please. But really wanted it gone. Ooh, it's like wrestling. It was a staged. Like, yeah, he took a so, bump. And there's a, and there's other things, right? Like, don't tell me that Raiden Shogun couldn't have stopped or prevented it from leaving because you were all eternity until your puppet son came into the picture, right? And then. What happened with, uh, oh yeah, yeah basically Nico, right? Zhongli yeah, was just like, here you, here go, you go, bye. Like, yeah, it was, um, I'm retiring. So then, <laughs> I'm retiring. Right. And then Nahida uh, gives it for information. And you can argue that, you know, Nahida gave up her Gnosis for information and that maybe Celestia didn't really care. Or like you said, they could be asleep, which I've never even heard of, by the way. Oh, really? But like, you could argue that she gave it up and, you know, Celestia's just like, oh, well, she gave it up to stop the Dottore who works for the Sarista, who is who we think, or at least my show thinks, that Shaznaya is like the the enemy of our enemy, basically. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Right, right. Exactly. exactly. Um, yeah. I think Fontaine is going to be completely different, and I think that, uh, what's his name? Nouvellet? Nuvi- is that his Nuviet? name? Yeah. Nouviet? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ignore my bad French from... Uh, oh, pardon, pardon my French. I, I cannot wait for us to all do the podcast <laughs> yeah. and just blow all the French pronunciations. It's going to be amazing. Out the window. Yeah. So, uh, f- fun fact about that is the English closed captioning for the live stream was, like, broken. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? So I, I chose to have French CCs on because I can actually understand some of it. Hell yeah. Oh. Um. But yeah, I still couldn't really remember, like... It's still French. Um, yeah. So, so th- that is my, that's like our podcast, like, take is that 
uh, Nuvier is just not going to be down with us whatsoever. And we are on trial for everything that we've done so far mm. because basically Celestia still has their hand in his pocket. Oh, for they yeah. If, if any Archon... If any Archon or the people in power are going to be Celestia bootlickers, it's going to be the ones in the Nation of Justice. 100%. Yeah. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, aren't and they, like, I think the Archon just... Underneath them? Like, underneath Celestia? Like, isn't Celestia supposed to be above Fontaine? It's supposed to be very close, I believe. Yeah. If not oh, right Oh, like above. you look up and they're there? Yeah. That's going to be like, horrifying. Oh, God, scary. They have a, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think that the Archon also just seems so whimsical. Like, you see her in the trailer and she's like, when is something interesting gonna yeah. happen and you can tell that like she's just not into what's happening yeah yeah she i think that's gonna like she's not like you know uh like thrown in a jail cell like nahita right but like very suppressed like lightly suppressed well i think what's really interesting is that you know with nahita we all know that Rukadavada died during the cataclysm and that nahita was born out of the branch from ermine soul and you know, she's the baby of the Archons, but I think a lot of times we forget that the Hydro Archon also died during the Cataclysm. So we also don't know how old the new Hydro Archon is. She very much seems like a bratty teen who's yeah, just she's very, very over it and done with it. And at the same time, she seems to have a very emo dark side. And there's a part of me that feels like the whole lore we've heard about the original Hydro Archon is a lie. Because we hear that like what have ran... we learned about them? Uh, so the old the old Hydro Archon who reigned over like the Oceanids and everything, she's actually the puddle of the Amarada Pool, however you pronounce it, over in Pari mm. Land. Like mm. she Ooh. melted into that during the Cataclysm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's a little sus to me. The Oceanids don't like the new Hydro no, Archon, and, yeah. too. That's why they left. And that's why they're in Bottle yeah. An assassin from our homeland. Yeah, like, Rodea oh, makes oh, sense, no, the finally. Like, Rodea's yeah, been warning but, us the like, whole there, there time. There was definitely, like, a, a difference of philosophies and a departure of the Oceanids. That's why it's interesting mm-hmm. that, like, the Melusines are the ones who stayed. And I'm like, okay, you're, like, the little toadies of the regime, right? Like, you're, you're the ones who fell in line. Yeah, the Oceanids must have fought back. And I think we even see that in Bottle Land, like over the summer event, that mm, they yeah. kind of needed a place to go. Yep. So um, terrible, by the way. I know, so sad. Poor, like I'm, en- I'm enjoying it so much Let's more that the story is over because the story was like the story was like Dude. something they wrote in version one. It was horrible. Yeah, it had its charming moments, but it didn't need to be five hours. It made no sense. Like at one point, I remember streaming it. And I was just screaming at my computer, like, <laughs> Kokomi, why are you here? Go home. Why are you? Go do something productive. Everyone is just, like, Please. thrown in because they're on the banner. I'm yes. just like, what are you doing? Like, what is no your skin sense. in the game? Why are you in the desert? And she's like, I found this magic clam. I was like, I'm like, whatever. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, if they had done what they did last year and done what we called a therapy island format, which is... <laughs> multiple episodes oh my God, yes. <laughs> which is like multiple episodes where they go into each banner character and like we get something out of it like that's what fan service is we want to see these characters and you better tell a damn good story if your g- summer event isn't actually about the playable characters and they did not <laughs> and if you can't think of anything else just give us more kazuha backstory you know <laughs> to, to win yeah win, like... yeah get him on there for like the six millionth time i yeah like <laughs> I have learned I'm at max capacity 
knowing stuff about Kazuha. Uh, yeah, for reals. Like, it, it, and like the fact that his story quest is like the only one you get like a weapon from. Right, like, it's weird, right? Like he he has some special treatment. Like he's cool. I got him in the personality quiz, so I'm kind of biased. He's that's cool. fair. <laughs> no, he's cool. He's, like, he, he's a good little weed man. Um, about Bottleland. So. Okay, so aside, um, besides like the the characters that were involved, et cetera, et cetera, what do you guys think about the Oceanid part about of it? Like the Oceanid weak. powers. It was weak because eh. because here's here's something my friend said who like just in, mentioned sort of in passing. Maybe there's something here. Maybe there isn't. Maybe it's some kind of reach. But the Oceanids were able to form these like, uh, these like sort of. Ocean, uh, water droplet, water idolon people based on the memories of these people, right? Or something like that. But then, and then in the trailer for Fontaine, we see, we hear that like their memories are being swallowed, or like something like that. Like right. there's something involving memories with the water. So like, is there some sort of connection with oceanids, for example, being important for keeping the memories of the people in that are involved in the water in Fontaine? Something like that. Like in the so, some sort of. Well, in the Bottle Land story, and I don't fault you for remembering this because through that story, um, they threw in a they had a throwaway line about the ley lines. And oh, did yeah. they? I don't the even remember lines. what capacity, but ley lines are kind of their blank check for wacky time memory stuff. Right, it's their magic, yeah, like with Carrie Bear, yeah. Well, I think too, like water in folklore, like IRL, has been very much compared to memories because water mm-hmm. ice always turns back to water it always evaporates and then turns back to water right so the idea that right. water always holds memories but i do think that the ocean and people have some weird thing with memories going on because in the trailer they have like that woman's voice who's like who am i who am where I? am i yeah. and i mm. almost feel like that's the original hydro archon still alive and that's yeah. why the whole puddle thing is like all total bs and it's going to be very interesting. I actually enjoyed the summer event. Uh, I'm, though, a big Kaya stan, so I had a lot of fun getting to see <laughs> him and Klee interact. I totally agree. Kokomi was kind of randomly in there. And the only thing I could think of that made sense besides whatever clam she was looking for, her ocean huge clam, <laughs> um, was that, you know, we did just see Yoimiya travel to Sumeru too. So I don't know if that was their way of trying to show that, like, they're leaving in Azuma because Yoimiya was really it. the first. Yeah, time I do we love saw it when that. they travel across regions. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. She's, she's like, well, I might as well, right? Like, I might as well go because, like, I can leave now. So uh, Yoimiya's second quest was so good. Yes, it was, it was so good. And also, I, I loved getting Same. to see Kale and Yula like interact, especially like I don't know. I'm a huge Yula Amber are dating. Hey, this fan. was a great quest for yeah. Yula. Yeah, this was like a really good like to bring Eula some like character development and to show her progress as a character. I think it was really good for for that. I'm this is the first quest too. where she didn't talk weird. Yeah. She didn't yeah, have she, her like, she, like she, her she, vengeance she up, jargon. Right? She's like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. I can speak more frankly." She... Yeah, and I love that the story for her ends up with her being another another clanmate who doesn't like their family and it's like implying mm-hmm. that they're going to go and talk to their family about changing their whole the whole vibe, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Was yeah, that guy that. real? I thought he was also part of the Mirage. No, he was the mm-hmm. reason she went there because right. she was looking for him. He kind of wandered into that. Into I that guess space. I thought he might have like died in the desert. Yeah. And oh no. Oh uh, no, no, he didn't have the glowing blue eyes, right? Like, no. uh, he, oh, good point. He, good point. He was looking for the mm-hmm. um for the the thing that grants wishes, which is like why he was there. Right. So like 
you know, I think that that story, like the, the things that happened in Borderland, there were some pretty cool things that happened in Borderland. Like even the the reveal of like what an Oceanid is and is capable of is like yeah. pretty interesting because we yeah, that is, know nothing that's true. about Oceanids except for Rodea. Yeah. And so like, so there, there was definitely some value in Borderland, <clears throat> in Borderland for some characters and then also for preparing us for a story we might have yeah. in Fontaine involving, yeah. well, I mean, we'll definitely have in Fontaine involving Oceanids. So, you know, I don't think it was a total waste. I definitely agree the narrative could have been better, but this is like, a, this is like a Hoiverse thing. I mean, this is like a Genshin thing for sure. Yeah. Where, they the the lore is really cool and like the concepts they introduce are great but then maybe the way they introduce it in the narrative that you're playing is like not the most interesting or right. could have been done better exactly so, that's true so it's, I, it's, I feel they always like it's always a question of execution because the foundation they build is good and like yeah. yeah like you said these these weaker stories are they're never like a total wash <laughs> water <Right>. uh, but because <laughs> there's, there's always something you can extrapolate about a character about get it? the environment <laughs> not deep it. But like, do you get it? But Water, like, seeing how strong Fontaine. their writing has become over the course of version three, it's like this is such a backslide that it's a, kind of a shame. Because I That's feel like true. in the earlier versions, especially in version one, we kind of had to make our own fun by getting into the lore. Mm-hmm. That's true. And now we expect it. Now we're all spoiled, and we're like, oh, we expect a good story right off the bat. We don't have to make one. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to get deep. Yeah, like the deep sea. Blah, 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 blah. No, not the deep <laughs> sea. Um, I I also say like this has nothing to do with the the art the La Fontaine story, but like from the four point live stream, like I loved seeing that. Okay, so one thing that I really really liked about uh Catalyst characters was that how they would attack and how they would use their abilities was totally unpredictable. Like, yeah. you have Hazo. Like, when they released Hazo is when I started thinking about this. Is because, I love a catalyst. Yeah, because reason. they have, like, these variations of, like, he has the punching, Skara can fly and throw wind blades, um, like, Klee has the bombs. Like, you would expect every catalyst character in, like, you know, an image in your head, like, they're mages, so they, they all attack, like, Yanfei, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not like that and so even really yanfei is fun because she's charge attack based everyone's got she, something yeah, yeah. weird no her kid is great but like even like just like her concept normal attacks is like throwing fire right like you'd kind of expect that she has normal but... attacks <laughs> i'm literally well, i'm literally okay. a yanfei main and i only use charge <laughs> well there you go so uh, what, what, what i'm trying to say is like Linny, right um no it's, no child is the other exception child is a bow user who uses water blades there's like literally no reason that like he needs to be a bow character but he is one it's because um, so Bo is his is. weakest, and he needs to get stronger. Oh, there you go. So <laughs> we love a guy who challenges so, himself. <laughs> so there's so there was child as the exception, but the next Bo character, Linny, throws cards for his normal attack instead of using a bow. I mean, he does use a bow for his charge attack apparently, but um, I think that that is so cool and makes me more hopeful for like more variation in like even yeah. if they don't add weapon types yeah. to the game, that we can get different kind of weapons or experience like different kinds of playstyles within these like categories that they've already made so you know well it, we're going yeah. we're going to right because like we have mika who has a everything arm and the crossbow and now we have uh clorinde who has the musket the, she has a gun yeah so i'm I'm really excited for that maybe navia will use her umbrella when she attacks like who knows that'd be oh, fun be cool. yeah I mean, they. Yeah. it's crazy because I think we talked about this. They put so much love and care into the normal attack strings. Like, even for characters using, like, bog-standard weapons, like spears and swords, there's always some 
little thing to them. Like, I love how official like laughs at the end of her bow attack string. Yeah. But it's Toma like, flips. Yeah. Like, and like, yeah. It's yeah, like, but that. you're never going to see them because these characters don't use their normals. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that's the interesting thing, right? Is like how they choose to let us, which is why it's so funny. Like, Kuki uses kunai like in her you know mm-hmm. in her like four four attack normal string like there's only four hits but like it's like really interesting to see but you never use it so like i really love the idea of like getting more physical damage buffers or like using infusions to like make these characters use their normal attacks to some degree Ooh. like yeah. i've like, experimented a lot with that especially with like candace because i feel like candace isn't used enough but like amen it's, it's really cool like the that's why genshin is so cool because like it, you can the combat system is so robust and interesting that you can like kind of customize it to how you want to play, and yeah. the more characters we get, the, the cooler it's going to be. So I can see I'm why really you're excited. a Yoi fan then, because like <laughs> she's, mm-hmm. she's all about just fun normals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. We had this discussion amongst the churls. It's like it's not really that fun to just build for a bigger number. It's way right. more fun to build for you know more stamina, more attack speed, more movement speed cuz like mm-hmm. that way the feel of the game is going to be fundamentally different and mm-hmm. that's way more right. rewarding than like oh okay i did like you know twice as much damage that's why like quick swap teams are super fun right yes. like signari is like one of a really good example and i love playing with him because yeah. it's just so quick so quick for no reason i love playing yeah, with I, him i i i love that he is one of the only characters that makes charge attacks not feel slow. Yes. Like, especially for the bow, right? And obviously he has this, like, you know, aimbot thing mm-hmm. that, like, helps him auto yeah. things. But, like, <laughs> it's really cool to, like... Because, okay, when I first got Tanari, I didn't know that that's how his mechanic worked. Like, that you, like, skill and then, like, your next three attacks, charge attacks are, like, super fast. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. I was like, what, like, what is with this guy? Like, what, what am I supposed to do with him? And then when I learned, I was like, he is so fun. <laughs> He's so cool. Like, oh, man, I love that. That's when awesome. I, yeah. Anybody who played Ganyu thought, oh, like I can use my charge attack in my burst and it'll be super quick. And I remember Ganyu was like the first character I ever spent money on just because of like of watching streamers play with Ganyu and how fast she could charge attack. Uh-huh. And then I got Tignari and I was just like, whoa, like what is this? This is like, this is crazy. Well, C6 Ganyu is something else, but. Um, Ooh, big you know. spender. I was going to I yeah. can't afford that. No, I mean, I don't have that either. I'm just saying, like, as a character, her gameplay kind of completely transforms. Right. Which is, like, Correct, yeah. you know, which is really interesting in itself. But, you know, they designed them a certain way like that. So it is what it is. But, I will say. Mm-hmm, pretty cool. I, like, besides the standard banners, I don't have a lot of constellations. Like, I'm a little picky. Like, because I, I spend my money. Don't worry. Like, I do. But I try to be a little picky with it. And I got a Hu Tao constellation in her last banner. And my Oh my god, C1. Well done. Oh my god. It was insane, the difference. And Yeah, I have. I don't think we... uh, By we, I mean me. The collective we, I guess. We don't realize sometimes how strong these characters can get. Like, you're like, oh cool. Like, I got Child. I'm not going to pull for any more of him. And then you'll get C1 Child. And you're like, what just happened? Like, he went on overload. And I think it's very smart on hoyo money wise but also gameplay wise oh, yeah. and i've never it, noticed that before and i'm just amazed by it i want to share it also <laughs> makes sense because like as a gotcha game you have to constantly pump out characters like i don't know how many other gotcha games you guys play way um, too many <laughs> <laughs> but but you know like something you know something like fate grand order like that character is just a spreadsheet of numbers you don't have to 
you know, spend a ton of time developing their model, their animation, the feel of their gameplay. And Genshin, like, there's so much more time put into each character. It makes sense that they would want to get some of that time back by uh, rewarding you for getting repeats of that character. Mm-hmm. It just adds yeah. to the longevity. I mean, just Genshin itself is just like, even like take Star Rail, for instance. Like, have you guys all played Star Rail? Yeah, I love Star Rail. I'm going to start playing it. Because okay, it uh, some it of the churls well, do. But... Well, basically, like what you, it's because it's a turn-based RPG, and there's not like world exploration the way Genshin has it. Um, getting a new character is sort of that in that like that in a sense, like it's like just like numbers or skills because you don't you don't feel it as much as you just press a button and they do stuff. For sure, but, like in Genshin, you can uh explore the open world, and some of these characters who have things that might not be that useful in combat, like can also explore the open world with them or both. And like obviously, like you know, Wanderer is like a perfect example of this. Like, you the game is different when you have Wanderer. Yeah, the game is different when you get any character that gives you an ability that lets you traverse, like yeah. Shin or Alhaitham or Kazaha. Like it, and those there's there are those reasons to also pull for characters in Genshin. And then there are constellations that affect that too. Like C one Yelan gives her two skills, uh, two skill charges, and when you do her oh skill, God. and then you use her second skill again. By the time the first <laughs> it's done, the first skill will be back. So you can infinitely run like Yelan style, like across the entire world. If oh you my want. god, are you <laughs> on Mihoyo's PR team? Because you just made me really want to roll a C on Yelan. <laughs> um, she's coming next patch. Um, so like the thing is like, <laughs> um, no, it's just it's just because I've been having this conversation recently. Like we were actually talking about Spiral Abyss, and like, is it worth it? Like in my last episode, uh, we actually had like one of my community members like join the podcast for the uh, first time, and. He's the guy that helps out everybody with their Spiral Abyss and their accounts and stuff. And he, like, has his recommendations based on the meta because he's, like, a super meta person. Mm-hmm. And But he was saying, like, you know, there are constellations that it's not worth it if you're talking about, like, um, maybe about meta. Or maybe it's more worth it if you're more interested in exploration. And so we were kind of exactly. bouncing that back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a it's such a cool – like, Genshin is so unique and I think – there's probably going to be more gacha games coming out there like Genshin soon. I, I yeah. saw that there are other games. Definitely. Um, but Genshin does what it does right now so well. And, um, and, you know, and for us who are investing in it now, it's going to be kind of hard for us to, to leave, I think, oh, um, anytime soon. So, like, but it is definitely always a treat to get a new character that has some sort of traversal. Even, even Kirara, like, climbing up walls as Kappa. Oh, my God. So yeah, I wasn't going to roll her until I saw that. Exactly. I'm so right? sad. I don't have Kirara. You will get her, my friend. You will get her eventually, but you know, right after your free Bennett in the next event. Oh, <laughs> which that's pissed me off in so the much. Pile, me so mad. Listen, that that notification staying red. Okay, <laughs> I don't care how many. <laughs> listen, Bennett's I as get. someone who has freshly C6 their Bennett like last month, mm-hmm. after fighting that urge to get rid of that note that red notification, <laughs> yeah. I I did it after clearing the like when the first cycle of the really hard abyss came out right i like nine starred it and like i was just like i'm c6 in my bennett and then i just did it yeah i mean like, like it's it's good for like 70 percent of comps that would use bennett but yeah. it's not good for like 30 percent. so it's and it is a, it is a power boost you know the thing is is like i don't think it's like super great either like it's not bad and it's not good and it just like honestly it just really wasn't worth it it's how I look at it. Wow. Wait, what, 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 wait, what was? What are you talking about? C6? C6ing the Bennett. It's like, it it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well, it's, because like it, it's like only the, a buff like the comp set it, unless you have a character that can't use it, like Eula or something. Like, 
Otherwise, it's or only like a Ching, right? Right, right. The old characters with infusion who like didn't like because every character has infusion now. The infusion overwrites Bennett's infusion, mm. but but Kaching doesn't. So like, and Ayaka doesn't. So you you can't you like you you have to deal with it or you have to like not see six right. him. But they can fix this by letting you toggle constellations, which I don't know why they don't do that yet. Yeah, for but, real. Like that would just yeah, make labbing them a lot more fun. Yeah, mm. and people could just like spend all of their constellations and then test each one uh, in like for those YouTube videos and stuff um, like, without having to like wait. <laughs> you know, they got I mean? a lot they have to do before that though. Like, hey, what if we could just like equip the same artifact to multiple people? Like, maybe maybe not more than once in a party, but like just to have that loadout on them yeah, ready. Just loadouts. Yeah, well, loadouts yeah. in general. They said that they said in the developer blog that they're working on that. So aye, that's aye, good aye. to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 50% of the good ideas that you have will never come to fruition because Hoyoverse doesn't do good idea things. Yeah, you're right. They, the just put, they just put them in Star Rail well, instead. Okay, not to be... Yeah, okay, yeah. there's a reason. There is a reason why Star Rail has so much better quality of life. And that's because when you're building a live service game, it's really hard to go back and fix your mistakes. Um, you... you mean Geo? I'm sorry, <gasps> what? Please, no, right, Bob, G- give, please, please give better Geo give child his plunge uh let raiden shogun talk about when it's raining because she still doesn't do that but anyway yeah there is it's stuff hard. they have yeah, to do but hard. like you got to understand yeah. there's there's every indication that they are just like cringing at a lot of the stuff that they cannot go back and fix and yeah the best way to do that is to refactor it all but they don't have time to like divert from pumping out new content because that's how you keep players engaged mm-hmm. yeah i mean i would assume it's big enough that they would have like a, a a way to figure out how to retroactively they could but, do it. but that kind like, of development doesn't scale that easily with a with a larger personnel i think they want to do it and i think they can do it eventually i just think that given their insane five-week turnover time they yeah. just don't have the resources to go back and fix mistakes because uh, yeah, what are they going to say to people like um you know we're not going to give you a story update because we're fixing past stuff yeah, I don't like. I would change. love that, but I don't think it's gonna go well. Yeah, I mean, I think they could do what they've done and like make a um a forty five like a a, a patch wide event and a patch wide instead of doing the the normal half half cycles, mm-hmm. like just do an entire like four point one the entirety of this patch. You get everything at the beginning, but then some point in the patch maybe they they go down for maintenance or like maybe they just don't add any new content during that time because they've already added all the content they would have added in the beginning. Like I'm or sure extend but, the flagship event. Right. I'm sure there's ways to do it. But they don't but even they have, have an to, ability to run the game offline. Like they would have to take it all down. Like there's no uh, off. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Genshin. yeah, but that, that's what, that's what happens with like, you know, games like, like that, like Valorant and other games where they, they go, Hey, we're going to, we're gonna do this, so here's the expectation. And I think that if they do that, those games are putting early. out stuff every five weeks. Mm, yeah, but at the same time, you have you also have beta versions, right? So like they have the opportunity to implement stuff and test it without taking the game down. I think they just can't spare enough people to do that on like a multi-cycle <laughs> approach. But right. but you can see you can see what they want to do because Honkai fixed all of Genshin's problems. Right, That's the right. easiest thing to yeah. do is start from scratch. Like, I mean, I'm we're, we're is, not game devs like you, but like, I just all I know is that they could do it if they want to. <laughs> like, that, no, that's all because I know. Like, all the money in the world, time, but... all the money in the world can't fix time. I uh, yeah, but I, like, I do believe all the money in the they're... world would would let them um stop the the service of the game for like a certain amount. of That time. would be suicidal. 
Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I, yeah so I'm. I don't know then. It's, like the. It's like balancing plates, man. Literally, live service game dev is for masochists, and I don't know why anyone makes <laughs> these. <laughs> uh, but well. I have a question. Uh, well, interesting. You guys are, Thanks for sharing that. You guys me. are talking about like yeah. updates and things you wish they'd go back on. What are your mm-hmm. opinions on the teapot? I'm like, a teapot main. If you think there's no end game in Genshin, your teapot sucks. I yep. agree. Yeah, I agree. I just started doing teapot stuff now. So I just learned how to cl- on stream. My last stream, I learned how to make stuff float. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So do you think they'll fix it? Wait, oh. fix what? The load le- level. Oh like, no! Because this game has to run on quarter. phones. Oh, I hate yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think I think the phone is restricting yeah. them in a lot of ways. We we don't yes. realize, like, um, so, uh, you know, I I applaud the fact that it's playable on phones. How so? With load limit, is it restricting the phone? Uh, just the amount of objects it has to draw in that scene. Uh, yeah. No, the phone is restricting all really... the non-phones. Like exactly, because people play on phones. Someone who can load something on a PC goes to play it on their phone, it will crash or it won't work because their phone will never have that much. Or they have to get to a point where, like, the phone has an insane memory, but then they are, they're alienating all the people who don't have, like, the newest technology. Exactly. They have a base bottom line that they have to stick to, and the phone lowers that bottom line uh, as, if, uh, as opposed to it being a console or end PC exclusive right. experience. Yeah. Now, now, don't get us wrong. The fact that Genshin runs on a phone is a miracle. It's amazing. Making yeah, Breath of the Wild on that. a phone is wizardry. And you it, can run it at like 120 frames on an iPhone. Like that's Yeah, like, it's that's insane. Cool. Oh yeah, I play on an iPhone all the time and it's great, but like I still I still think that like you could still increase the load limit even slightly and have it not really like damper like the the phone performance like really like at all oh there's there's like my phone is like four years old and i play it's like fine i mean when you're trying to make something fit on a phone that's like growing a bonsai right like every minute decision piles up i will say though that if you look at the amount of load capacity that the newer furniture takes up compared to the older stuff it's a lot lower yeah i actually was super surprised like i i was doing some experimenting and i was uh touring my friend's teapot and i was like you can fit all this, yeah. And like, not not to mention, like inside the mansion, the load limit is separate for the hallways yeah. than it is for like the base floor. Thank and the God, rooms. I yeah. was like, that's that's impressive. Like, it's actually really impressive that they were like, able to do that. Like the lamps, if you try to use the lantern like right lamps, they are horrifyingly expensive capacity wise. Oh but, yeah, they are. But something newer is a little mm-hmm. better. I think they'll always be kind of pricey because they emit light, and that's like right. Extra. They change right. with the with the, exactly. with the time of day and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but. It's rough, and it's like, all right. I my our mantra is like, you know, we'll we'll dunk on the game happily. We're not in anyone's pocket. We're not the pocket big ho yo. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's like, but it like it's the fact that we have the teapot. It's a small miracle. Yeah. Everything in this game is like, holy cow, you pulled it off. The teapot. So, were you interested? Did you play Divine Ingenuity? I did not. Um, like the one where you make your own domain. Oh, no, I didn't didn't like that one that much, but I liked the Academia School Fest version of that with the domain furniture, with the uh, teapot furniture. Oh, Oh. man. Okay. Uh, Because I was like, finally, my time is come. I'm a huge, like, (laughs) make puzzle rooms, like, in that, in that, I was making puzzle rooms, like, I was streaming, like, 
like six hours straight of like me making dungeons and divine ingenuity and it was like the coolest thing and that's actually what got me into the teapot because the closest system that exists in that game outside of that event is the teapot yeah the problem is divine ingenuity gives you all the tools you need from the beginning and teapot you have to build everything you want um with resources and that takes time so like um but like i really loved divine ingenuity but one of my biggest gripes was that the load limit was the same as in the teapot where it just Mm. shows you uh, a, a yellow red or green yep. dot and it doesn't tell you exactly how much I, load like it is it is parsing or whatever what have you so you're like, super right i would love yeah a fixed i would tell transparency for the for the teapot like how much load are we taking up like how much load does this take up specifically it would be really helpful man hoyo hates transparency <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 like i i have never seen the of uh, patch notes use the word optimize more liberally or more vaguely than than hoyo versus it's just like <laughs> what does that mean can you give us an example <laughs> did something with teapot oh okay. it's like cool we'll figure it out something in the teapot it's like they we fixed a typo <laughs> oh my god when we were locked out oh my god i hated that so much that was Six the worst of that no was teapot. terrible that was that was my joker moment <laughs> You, you didn't your, realize your villain story your villain arc i was i was like i'm gonna burn this down i'm so bad i can see beefy's like realm currency maxing out and then they're just in front of the mirror putting the joker makeup on <laughs> yeah i'm just shaking the gates going let me in well the worst was like when you had friendship max because you couldn't move people oh, yeah. to yeah. get more friendship and i was like oh my gosh like i'm like i have to feed terrible. my fish please <laughs> not only that not only that, but they literally had an event that was backed yes! up to that moment. Yes, that, I was like, with you the are insane. Food. You are insane for not prolonging They're this event, men. for not rescheduling yeah. it like what the <laughs> hell is going on they're like, they're like talk to the people that, that have been stuck in your teapot memory <laughs> oh you're welcome that's why <laughs> we're here it right? was like it was like eight years without a teapot like what the hell <laughs> horrible yeah. and it just came back like a month or two ago and i remember saying on the podcast like hey you think they're gonna lock us out of the teapot this time i want a desert teapot give us a desert teapot damn it oh yeah i just want to underwater i want a teapot uh, yeah, for fontaine, fontaine. They, oh they better have underwater in. teapot for fontaine that would be amazing it's just a fish tank you're inside would, of your own fish tank within your i would teapot. never play the game again i would vibe in there all day <laughs> yep all right we're going on like an hour and a half so i want to wrap up by saying each of you guys list off which character from 4.0 you're looking forward to the most i might pronounce it wrong but from an a yeah from great my little Fremenet. emo penguin boy i'm hyped i love a sad boy yeah, he's really cool <laughs> uh furina i'm so on board with her she's a complete goblin i think she's gonna be our comic <laughs> relief archon she's absolutely hysterical josh um like from 4.0 you mean like the banner characters uh just like the character trailer that we got oh all the 4.0 okay. characters uh, that were shown oh you mean like fontaine characters yep uh clarind <laughs> clarind yeah yeah because you know gun mine is uh mine's navia i just think she looks super fun a yeah. geo like... character <laughs> well geo's gonna be yeah. great one Woo! day true We'll like, it's we, not gonna be great one we, day we d- we have currently more dendro characters than geo characters right. and geo has been out since the beginning of the game so Nav- G- navia brings it up to equal our last five Dendro's star geo fun. character was ito one yeah. and oni <laughs> one and oni oh max middleman yeah max middleman what a treasure um so i was fun. really hoping that like they will do something with navia like um 
to, like they do with Nilu and like have something that augments Geo reactions because mm. like Geo needs a like a sort of in uh inadvertent buff like like a not uh, indirect buff um and I I don't think it'll be hard for them to like buff all of Geo I mean if they want to do it they can do it but like I think it would make more sense to have characters to have like aug- buff augmentation uh wait what uh reaction augmentation buffs yeah. in mm-hmm. characters like similar to Nilu and her like Bloom Dendro stuff like hydro dendro mm. only so like if you have a geo all geo team or maybe not all geo team because we already have um uh, goro doing the geo like team stuff but something like that it would be really interesting uh to make it stronger yeah um, that'd be fantastic geo back a little bit yeah mm-hmm. also just like as a baseline give it a crystallize with dendro at least like yeah that, that stuff <laughs> should yeah. be pretty easy to put or, in like shatter with cryo they might be saving those reactions for like to to change the game again like they did with dendro mm. you know yeah uh now we see they're getting really like really specific with how different characters well, and to. artifacts change the game it's like you know yeah. you know yeah they probably won't add any more elemental reactions but now characters have character specific reactions yeah, yeah. which Genshin's, is the direction that makes sense yeah it, genshin's a deck builder yeah. what you're gonna see are the intricacies of each character's kits and how they interact with each other and that's gonna be fun to you work know with. one thing that is not a thing that is uh that might be more of a thing uh the lithic spear being powered by characters only from leeway in your party oh you know, like in uh in tcg yeah yeah i mean that's what it yeah. does that's what the spear does yeah you don't have it oh no like in the gameplay because i know that in tcg there are cards that uh, power up your team if you have two of the no, same there, there is a weapon there is a weapon called the lithic spear and it it does more it has more stacks based on how many leeway characters are in your party it's been out for like a year and a half oh i don't know her mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, no, it's, it's, a, it's a weapon it's a okay yeah so it's a weapon <laughs> that like it's only available on some banners and, i believe um, you i but it, but isn't that interesting? Like they introduced this concept. They, there's no weapon that works like that for Monsat or Inazuma or Sumeru. So like, and and it's interesting that they can do that at all. Because like yeah, that means they like, have the framework to know how many characters from what region are in your party. Right. So that's there's so much potential for like restrictions on team building that can buff your team. But like we need more characters to put more restrictions. Otherwise, you're restricting too much. Like if if it, if you have like a um, hydro dendro only works with Nilu, but then you only have two of each element. That then you only have like super limited options. But we have so many hydro and so many dendro now. Yeah, so we have options. So yeah, it's just something that I'm really looking forward to and hoping to do. Yeah, that's gonna um, be that's gonna come as a result of them really looking at what people are playing with and what they're trying to do and like adjusting accordingly. Like that's why we have Shenha, right? Is because at right. that time cryo DPS was so popular, it made sense to make. A limited five star that was just a cryo DPS support. And so, I love so Shenha. I'm I'm curious how they're gonna make the arc system work, like with the enemies, like especially for things like Spiral Abyss, because like they said oh, they don't God. want the um the 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 Oisa and the um Numa to be like damage flat damage buffs or anything like that, but it'll give you like some sort of advantage. So it makes me think of like when you fight those invisible Dorito robots, like if you <laughs> hit them with if you hit them with a quicken. Uh, elemental reaction they come out of their invisibility and that's not something you can do unless you have dendro and light and uh electro in your party right so it's kind of like what the uh the trilakshna creatures do in sumeru it's like right really specific Mm -hmm. elemental requirements yeah so like um i'm really curious how much they're going to implement this and how much difference it's going to make because you're giving us 
Lynette, and then they're going to give us uh, Hydro Traveler, who assumably has, like, the other element. Um, so, yeah, I'm They really won't curious. make us pull for a mechanic. Yeah. They won't. <laughs> well, we haven't talked about what is probably the biggest gameplay and uh, addition and risk that is coming to Fontaine, which is the substantial underwater sections. Oh, yes. What are uh, we feeling about that? Because underwater... Bring them on. Are you sure? <laughs> But will yeah, it be I'm alive. From what they've shown, I'm I feel very, and I'll be honest, right? Like I've played tons of other games that have done underwater combat or underwater exploration, mm-hmm. and they've been terrible. Yeah, it's like every I game think they went about it, and it looks solid. They're yeah. really trying to make it not terrible. They made it interesting that like you can absorb like uh, abilities as you're swimming around from other things, like other creatures and stuff, to like traverse through the underwater world. They made it super light and easy to see. So that, like, on purpose, so not to trigger any phobias, but also to make it easier to kind of manage your your exploration. Um, I think they put a lot the of thought into it. The currents, they, they no definitely no put a thing. Yeah, yeah, that was so smart. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be they, a learning. They definitely curve. put yes, but once you get used to it, it'll be okay. I I know it'll be okay. I just don't know if it's going to be fun long term. Right. Well, it's only Fontaine, and they said they want it to be 50-50, and it looks like there's a ton of lore and really cool, like, um, what, what set pieces and environments, like, in the water. Yeah, it's, like, so old I'm, Fontaine, right? Yeah, and I'm really, I'm actually, like, super curious as to, like, how they're going to funnel us through that. Yeah. Um, I think the, the cubes are interesting because you can see exactly how much water is there. There's no, mm-hmm. like... You're wondering, like, if how deep does this go? What up? No, there is a cube in the air, and you can kind of float into it, and it's like, yeah, a little know. fish tank. So, like, those exploration you, things are cool too. You said only Fontaine, like for now, right? Like, you, like, we all know that they are going to release more underwater areas and other areas of like Tavat. Yeah, flood and Kanomia, let's go. Oh, yeah, no. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I think I could see them doing that, but I'm curious if they want to do that to do that because they're really focusing on making the 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 exploration 50-50 in Fontaine they said like they want it to be balanced um because it's the it's kind of the main thing now i'm curious if they would just like if they would you know in other regions just add mm. swimming uh you know natlan and sneznaya don't really seem like places there would be much underwater swimming mm-hmm. but like you know they could always have it in some capacity but i doubt that they're going to make us swim more than they do in Fontaine so that's I had a thought bet. about I'm that too. That. Is knowing that it's easier to start from scratch than to go back and fix things. Maybe right. if people aren't really happy with the Fontaine uh, underwater movement, then they could come up with some other underwater scenario somewhere mm-hmm. else that uses a different system, and they right. can learn from their mistakes there instead of locking themselves in. They were also very open during the live stream about the fact that they knew underwater exploration wasn't for everyone. Right. And I don't, I think they know that it's going to be torture for some people, especially with motion sickness <laughs> that's, issues. That's what, that's what the worry was. I'm like, wow, they seem really um, frank and apologetic, which is. Yes, already, Hoyo right? Yeah. Aren't really. Yeah. yeah. I gotta say though, yeah. Dawe and Aquaria from the live streams, they like own my heart. Like every time oh, yeah. they come on the TV and they talk about their passion and, you know, I didn't know. They released that trailer in 2018. And I didn't, I never noticed the date on it, I guess. So they've just poured so much of their heart and soul into this game. And the way they're even talking about like the plate tectonic system in Tavat. And they have put so much thought into how Fontaine is going to work. 
that I think they can't put that into other places either. Like they were For very sure. worried that raising Fontaine had to like actually make physical sense too. Like, I, do they have like like a geologist, a cartographer? I they just oh, love they love what they do and they, they think about it. it all the time. And everyone cares about making it the best they can be. And it's that's what so makes apparent. Me love the like game. the amount of love and care in this game. Like, yeah, it misses its marks all the time. Yeah, it's super greedy. But they take so much pride in what they do. It's like such a breath of fresh air in games in the same like level of the industry. And that that um just sense of being genuine goes so far for them that And it blows my mind that it's a gotcha phone game. Exactly. <laughs> oh, oh. Exactly. You get that nowhere else. No other gotcha no one's phone doing game this. will love me back just as much. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah. Like Yeah, exactly. Like no other gotcha phone game is going to take your money, but then use it to hire the greatest Beijing opera soprano in the country. Oh like, Literally. Yeah. Like, make it just your like, game better with the money you give crap. us. That's unheard of in this right? industry. In this whole um, industry. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to mention about the 4.0 live stream that was like stuck out to me is the freaking party screen polish, guys. <gasps> oh, my God. So it's beautiful. I'm just going to yeah, stare so, at that's that. That's the one like. That's like the one retro edition from Star Rail that they actually did so far. Yes, thank yeah. you for that. And I I do want to acknowledge that when they can, they are doing retro editions. Yeah, the map as well. The map, they're making the early game experience for players better. Yeah. Um, by like giving you a yeah. free teleport to Fontaine. I'm walking anyway. <laughs> I mean, walk anyway. Oh, Hell yeah. We're, we're, but walk, like, we're walking for sure. Like you, you're not going to get into the Yai situation where you need to complete three chapters of the story and then two world quests and then one extra world quest to fight the world boss to level up your character like if you're yep. a new player you can walk to that boss now if, if you get a fontaine character inazuma is still in the same boat no, in but... inazuma is like that yeah. was their first sandbox and it's just cut off from everything and they got yeah. to see I mean, lore wise it makes sense but you know marketing wise and you know for player experience wise it's pretty difficult to like get an inazuma character um, yes but, it, it, yeah. it that's gonna suck for everyone forever but all the other yeah. ones they've learned from and it's it's cool to take that core sample of genshin and see like this was made after they learned that this this was made after they got this feedback which reminds me that they will probably never ever have any nazuma character in the standard banner that's a really good point because think about it they get they get like you know a, a nazuma character they literally can't level up this character until they get to a certain point in the game that would suck like oh my first five star uh, uh, oh yep <laughs> you know, like you can't even ascend them once unless you spend your star glitter on handguards, which is so stupid that no one should ever do it. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that. I was going to say, I've done it a lot. Oh, oh, we've yeah. all had our little. Uh, I mean, because you know, when you, when, you, when you dolphin a little bit, you got some extra star glitter. Yeah. Well, like, exactly. You know, bling bling, you know. For me, it was like using up my four star weapons that only came out in like chests or event weapons and not locking them. Oh, no. <gasps> oh. oh no. Rest in peace, Albedo's. Not oh, no. No. Wait, or the is it? Oh or yeah, you didn't festering. play during festering desire, did oh. you? I lost festering and I got cinnabar spindle. Oh, oh my no. gosh. Oh. What do you guys say to doing this again for 5.0? Oh my god, absolutely. That'd be a blast. Yeah, it sounds fun. Yeah, thank you so much for putting this together. I would love that. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh no. What happened? We have a no. traitor in our midst. <laughs> Oh no! Suspedo took no. Am oh, I? Oh, there you are. Oh, am, I think it might be raining here. <laughs> so, oh, how comfy! Um, Just in I, time. 
I would absolutely love to do this again. And thank you so much for bringing us all together. Yeah, this is an absolute blast. What do we call this? The Genshin Roundtable? Yeah. The Genshin Podcast Summit. Uh, Ooh, I like that. Oh, the Genshin Podcast Summit sounds yeah, good. Yeah, Summit's actually. fun. That does sound good. Like the UN, that's how I see us. Is- <laughs> gathering at gathering at the table that's just rosie's big coffin here, yeah here. it was it was so fun like everyone's different perspectives uh both in the game and like in other subject matter that they know about like that's that's the podcast it's about baby yeah and it's just so nice genshin has such a wonderful online community and it's nice to come together and talk about it and i don't know not that we're representatives of the community but there's just so much wonderful stuff going Boy, I would on hope out there not. look at me and it's <laughs> and it's just nice to share it all. Yeah, like this is a game worth looking at. Yeah, I, I think all all of us, each one of us, and our separate projects reach that same conclusion, which is why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's cool to come together and compare notes. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a passion. Yeah. There has been there has been so much time of my life where I was just like, okay, I want I know I want to do a podcast, but I never had something that I cared about so yes. much that like I. Like, I think for me, like, the first one was, like, Pokemon, but that, like, market was super saturated. Wait, Pokemon what? Like, just Pokemon? Like, a podcast on Pokemon. Oh, my first podcast before this one was a Pokemon Unite podcast. (laughs) Right on! Yeah, and then, like, I did, we did, like, what, like, 12 episodes or something, and then we were like, all right, this game's dead, because they didn't update it for, like, three months, (laughs) and it was, like, it was so terrible. And now they update it every two weeks with the new character and everything, and I was like, forget it, the the time has passed, and so now I'm I'm again Shin Main, so I'm okay with that. But, yeah, funny that you say that, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome being able to talk to you guys. I've been, like, listening to your shows here and there, like, listening to the three other, like, Genshin podcasts (laughs) is, like, kind of hard, because my commute to work is literally, like, five minutes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. LOL. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I get through your intro, I'm like, okay, I'm at work. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, No, it's awesome getting you guys in here and and talking to you all, because it's something that I wanted to do for so long, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's... it was nice because there was like one other Genshin podcast that I found. You had to like really look for it because their uh their SEO was like really bad. Mm-hmm. So oh. when I started to like Google Genshin in my search bar and seeing your podcast pop up, I just got like super excited because I was oh. like, yes, there's like more Genshin content creators coming out and and yeah, so um it's just super awesome that I got the chance to talk to you all. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity. It was a great idea. And I think as soon as you proposed it to us, like we all jumped on it. Like, hell yeah. Yeah. When you proposed, we all said yes. We all said yes. Where's my rose? Is this the bachelor? I'm here for the dead. I'm just here for the champagne. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Pour one out for Rosie. Are you going to have us over to the Jade Chamber soon, Beefy? I'd like to come visit. Uh yeah, next time Ningguang is like on an extended <laughs> vacay, maybe oh we could God. swing that. Uh, right. Just just we, write her schedule for her, you yeah, know. Yeah, change it up. I don't even know how mm-hmm. to write. <laughs> well, uh, just it would consult Kaching. It would be my pleasure to uh, consult my fellow churlmen, get you guys into the studio, and yes. record a couple secret podcasts before <laughs> she comes home. And that's my listen goal. i only get to respawn once every 24 hours i prefer not to if i well to that i say yeah <laughs> yeah 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 oh, Mimuhe oh. Yayatomo. <laughs> oh yeah um y- yayika 
Yeah, <laughs> 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 yikes. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much, Dalton, for having us over. It was definitely uh, really cool to um, just hear kind of everybody's. I mean, we all have like different styles. It's like really interesting. Like, yeah, you you Genshin listeners are so lucky of, of the <laughs> yeah. smorgasbord that you get to pick. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You guys are lucky. You guys are lucky that we're all here doing this for you. <laughs> you have we enjoy it. Four choices, four great choices, and only one commute. Are you kidding me? <laughs> only one commute. <laughs> Our listeners need more jobs. Yeah, please take jobs oh, farther away from home. Thank you. Yeah, and if you if you have to do them in home, then like be our social media managers because that stuff's hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, dude. I couldn't do it. I tried. I just like I just stopped eventually. Like people who like go and follow us on Instagram because like I was adding Instagram like handles like in all of our like podcast episode descriptions, mm-hmm. and eventually I was just like I don't care anymore, and I just stopped. Nah, <laughs> I just do Twitter. Like it's so hard for pod. Just Twitter. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, we yeah. Do. Well, we can we can always trade shop secrets outside of the podcast. Woo! Make sure that we're all like getting seen getting out there absolutely teamwork yeah. is the dream work speaking of getting out there we should probably run through our social media credentials before you shut this down so sure thing beefy why don't you start why i never thought you'd that a- anyway okay so-, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just to reiterate i am churlman beefy of the shade chamber against podcast uh one of only five hilly churls who knows how to podcast our Twitter is at Shade Chamber Pod. Our website, shadechamberpodcast.com. You can find our show, The Shade Chamber, again, in podcast. Uh, we do two different formats. Actually, we do a video format, and that's on YouTube and Spotify. And then on every other podcast platform, we're there as audio only. We interface a lot with the video-facing side of our production on YouTube and Twitter. But we'd love to hear more from you guys who are listening from uh, podcasts. Uh, we we always make sure our stuff's listenable. So uh, come join us in the chamber. Come join the Illuminati. We'd love to see you around. <laughs> Josh, you're up. Okay, so um, yes, as a reminder, my name is Josh, or J-Side, from Genshin Guys Podcast. And um, you can find me on uh, Twitter at J-Side Gaming. And you can find our podcast at Genshin Guys Pod as well as our website, www.genshinguys.com. And um, I also stream on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash jside, so come on by and say hi. Uh, and I'm Fiends again from Tales of Tabot Genshin Lore Podcast. You can find us at talesofdevot.com, where we actually make a lore sheet for every episode we do in case you need any visual or video help. We also are on Instagram, Tales of Tabot Pod, and Twitter, Tales of Tabot. You can also find us on YouTube, Tales of Tabot Pod, we do not have the awesome graphics, though, that Beefy and the Shade Chamber have. Um, but we do put them up there just so people have the accessibility of it all. And then we're on Spotify, Apple, RIP Stitcher, and wherever else you can listen. Sweet deal. I'm your host, Dalton. I am one of the three co-hosts that I have on my show, The Resonance, a weekly Genshin Impact podcast. Uh, and you can listen to our show on Twitter, or on Twitter, Jesus, on Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts. I mean, sure, you can listen on Twitter, I guess. <laughs> Link somewhere on there. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but we are on Twitter, at HoyoCast. Uh, also on Twitch, so I stream on Twitch, at HoyoCast as well. One of my co-hosts is at ThatRanMan, if you want to watch his uh, Twitch streams as well. Discord.me forward slash The Resonance, if you want to join the Discord. Our community's great. Everybody lends a helping hand in there. Um, you can post pictures of your pets, and we have a wish simulator. <laughs> uh, 
trying to think of anything else. Oh, one more thing. Uh, my other co-host has another podcast. It's not Genshin related, but if you like anything related to League of Legends lore, he's a League of Legends lore nut, and um, they cover the hit Netflix show Arcane, um, and they interview a bunch of voice actors like Mick Wingert and a bunch of other uh, producers and directors from that show. Uh, and I know it's getting a season two, so they're going to be booting that back up uh, whenever that comes around. So if you guys could check that out, uh, that'd be great. Awesome. Right on. Other than that, that has been an episode of, what is this called? Over My Dead Body. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What, wait, wait, is that what, what we're calling it? <laughs> when the when the four, yes. It wasn't the Genshin Pod Summit or something? <laughs> Over My Dead Body, a Genshin Podcast Summit. When the four delegates of the different Genshin podcasts come together over Rosie's corpse, share a glass of wine, a couple stories, and talk about how the game's going. And hope not to get her ashes in your drink. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, that's a feature. Spicy. <laughs> the spicy marks. Now, we all have an obligation to say three words right now as we say goodbye. Do we know what they all are without telling each other? I hope uh, so. Maybe. Uh, I, I think so. I was like, Ad Astra? <laughs> uh, I was going to say thank- Ad Astra Episos. I was going to say thank you, Rosie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>